two. Hello and welcome to Flicks and a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanza. With me, as always, the man, the myth, the jerk on his phone in the movie theater, Alessandro oh. Bialzi. Come on, you went back with that again? I did! Because <laughs> I, mean, I wrote an article the- about jerks in movie theaters, and then you, were, <laughs> you went ahead and you were that jerk in the movie theater and you texted me. <laughs> You're a monster. <laughs> no, I texted you as the credits were starting. Not the credits, the trailers were starting. It, you know what? Still bad. No, because all the trailers were all the ones that we've already seen. It was Last Jedi. It was Transformers. I didn't see a single new. What, one. what about the other people that were in the movie theater? Did they people see them before? What? You couldn't possibly know that. You don't know each and every person in that theater. If you're there on opening weekend for a movie, you've seen those trailers before, and you are definitely perturbed by people like you on their phone. <laughs> Only if they have it on super bright. I put mine on the Any lowest brightness setting. is too bright. Put your phone away in the movie theater. I put it on the lowest Al? setting. No. Now you're making me get high pitched. No. <laughs> we used high voice. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Maybe we use my high Question, voice, and I don't like it. Who are you at this theater with? Uh, me and uh, my brother, Dominic. Friend of the... Friend-ish of the uh, podcast, Dominic. Friend-ish. Wait. Harsh. Uh, I'll call him. I'll call him family. <laughs> Whatever. Um, he's gonna stop going to the movies with you if you continue to use your phone. He didn't say anything. I'm he was on the with him. I'm gonna need him to to be the to be like my marshal in training. He was on the phone more than I was during the movie. The two of you, raised by wolves. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even use it. After wolves I with cell phones. <laughs> Also, I'm really glad that you didn't share the contents of those messages. Not necessarily for mixed company. You know, I don't even remember. I was just so mad that you were on your phone. I think you were also mad about the content of the joke, despite the fact that I'm sure you laughed. Uh, anyway, the flicks for this episode. <laughs> the flicks? The flick. It's only one, I promise you, is going to be Wonder Woman. But first, Al, what are we drinking? Uh, we are drinking, and... Just so that you know, I spent like three whole days in Montreal, so I'm an expert on the French language now. Oh, good. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> we're drinking Dogfish Head, Beer de Provence, Saison. Get out of here with that. <laughs> that's what I'm pretty sure that's how it's pronounced. I'm looking back through my messages to see why I should be upset with you. Mm-hmm. Please don't read it out loud. Mm-hmm. No, I got uh, last thing. No, that's too far. Okay. Uh-huh. What did you say? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that bad. It's just I just didn't want to share it in mixed company. Oh my! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. All right, we're gonna leave it at that. Um, that one was also sexual. Cheers. Uh, cheers. <laughs> For those of you who don't know why this is really awkward like this, uh, this is unfortunately our first episode that we're recording not in the same room um, because. We're not going to let anything hold us down. We're going to keep giving you the episodes that you deserve, except for last week when we totally didn't give you an episode like you deserved. Right. Due to, quote-unquote, technical difficulties, which we won't get into here. It's called life. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Uh, <laughs> Why don't you so tell us a little bit about this beer, Al? Yeah, that's what I was going to do. Um, so this is the... Uh, <laughs> <Jerk>. <laughs> 
well, despite the fact that we have like a video call going, there is a little slight delay, so it's kind of hard for us to have those natural seamless transitions like we usually do. What? Because, you know, you would Nailed have it. seen me looking at the beer and would have naturally given me way to do it, and instead it's a second behind. Um, so fuck you and thank for asking. Uh, <laughs> so the Beer de Provence is uh, brewed with uh, lavender, marjoram, and bay leaves. Margarine? No, not margarine, not the <laughs> cancerous butter substitute. No, marjoram, the spice, or herb, or whatever it is. Uh, <laughs> You're it's a herb. <laughs> unconfirmed. Um, it's inspired by the fields of Provence. This saison is brewed with a bounty of fresh herbs. There you go. And it uh, gives it a floral nose and a unique dry spice. That's it. I'm totally not looking up marjoram right now. It's a thing. No, I know it's a thing. I don't know what the thing is, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's a somewhat cold-sensitive perennial herb. I'm working with some very unstable herbs. <laughs> <laughs> this one's pretty good. Yeah, um, I, I like this. I was thinking about brewing a Saison, but I couldn't find enough guidance on how to get a recipe going. What, is, what, what makes a Saison? So it's also saisons are also known as like a farmhouse ale, mm-hmm. um, and like kind of like the idea is like it was like people who like lived on farms, especially like it's big in like France and Belgium, like those kind of like countries and like Europe, um, even I think Italy somehow, like um, just whatever like grain they had. So it's typically like will have a wheat component. Um, obviously, it's got to have barley too, um, but it can often be used like an for <laughs> Well, no, because you can't make a beer that's that's without barley. If you try and just use wheat, um, it, there's too much protein, and the the mash gets stuck, and um, you won't be able to actually get all of the the uh, the fermentable sugar that the way you're supposed to. So, what mistake is that that they'd served into another cocktail? What does that become? <laughs> I feel like that's I, how all of these things are made. It's funny because I've been reading this book uh, <laughs> given to us by a friend of the podcast, uh, Caleb Cromer, um, about the like origin and history of beer and. Um, Pretty fascinating stuff, actually. Even for non-beer snobs, it's great because it's in graphic graphic novel form. Graphic, <laughs> graphic novel. Now he's just enunciating everything strange. <laughs> this is gonna get weird, isn't it? <laughs> Getting. Um. Yeah. So anyway. Um. Yeah. So it's uh. It's also known as like a farmhouse ale because it was like they would just like put it like it would ferment in the on like on the farm like in a barn whatever they would use um. Like it was like a open fermentation, so like wild yeast. So it was often like a, like a sour component to it. Wild yeast—that's what they called you in high school. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I'm so glad they did not call me that in high school. Not that they would have had any cause to. <laughs> I didn't. Um, I didn't like think about how gross that was until I said it. Yeah, no, it was pretty gross. <laughs> I said yeah. That. So um, these are pretty usually pretty spicy. They're often light in color, like this one is. Oh, this one's got a little bit of um. Sorry, I'm just going to jot down wild yeast. That's what I'll be calling you on a future episode. <laughs> <laughs> the man, the myth, the wild yeast. <laughs> um, yeah, and this one's got pretty high uh, ABV. And this one's, I think, 8.3%, 8, 8. Um, which these can tend to be pretty high in, in uh, alcohol, which is nice. Hmm. Wait, what, what tends to be high in alcohol? Saisons uh, oh. um, can range anywhere from like 4% to like 9.5%. I've seen them like... Um, but typically, like, you know, good, like, craft, like, Saison will be on the higher end, seven or more. Wait, so you said Saison and Farmhouse are similar. What, what? Oh, it's the same thing. It's, like, interchangeable names. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, like, it, it kind of, 
that was like what it was known as like when it was just made by people like themselves like homebrewing kind of Got and it's it. kind of it's it's kind of acquired the name saison i i i think it means season it's a seasonal beer like that's what it is hmm. um it was made at the beginning of the the season it was i think they would brew it in like march and then you would drink it because it's a really nice beer for like a summer day you drink it when the weather is nice you know yeah i gotta ask what's that smell uh what? is it the marjoram i don't know is it <laughs> is it the lavender it hurts my eyes <laughs> rush to a doctor uh i'm not sure it could be the lavender marjoram or bay leaf i think um i think one of the staples of um saisons which makes it a little unique is um uh, i think they all pretty much use coriander so it may be that coriander was, I was, I was, was that in the soy stale <laughs> no it's not the soy stale uh, i have to reference it every time <laughs> i mean I, I would say pick your spots <laughs> i think you need to i think next year you do need to name it that, though, when you make your, your holiday ale. So I've been having some fun with that. We haven't got to try... Hopefully, the next time we get together for like a big session, um, I'll have two beers that I've brewed ready by then, maybe. I have one that's been ready to go. It came out really well. It was my first um, ever 100% my recipe. Um, I christened it the Owl's Ales Here Goes Nothing 1.5 IPA. Nice. 1.5? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so the, the story behind that is um, I was going to make a double IPA, and I pretty much had everything <laughs> I ran out of out. stuff. What? You ran out of stuff? Yeah, no, no, I had it all sorted out, but I lost a bit of the calculations I needed, and I couldn't find them, so I missed the mark on the IBUs. I didn't hop it enough. Mm. So um, it's like, it's technically within like the... the the, I forget what it's called. The the, the brewers uh, certification something or other um, that give the guidelines for what make each style of beer a certain style of beer. Um, and I'm I'm within the range, but I'm on the very low end of what would be considered a double IPA as far as IBUs are. But you are on the spectrum. I, I'm not going <laughs> to <hear> the- <laughs> almost had you. <laughs> <laughs> it's cold, man. It's right. cold. Nothing wrong uh, with it. I am within the range of double IPA IBUs. Um, but other than that, it came out, it was really good. Several people have told me it's the best one that I've made so far. So um, I'm I'm still proud of the beer. It just wasn't exactly what, it, what I envisioned when I set out to brew it. Mm-hmm. And uh, earlier today, I brewed an amber ale. So that'll be ready in a month. Cool. So Hopefully we'll have that within like, I don't know, it'll be a few episodes down the road. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So, do you have any other notes on this beer before we get into our flick? It's tasty. I like it. Is, it. it is tasty. I, 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 like I, I approve this beer. It's perfect uh, perfect weather for a Saison, so uh, I'm happy with it. I'm going to say I wouldn't. it's not something that I would like go out looking for, though. Uh, I don't know. It's one I would enjoy. Um, I, I like Saisons. I, I kind of go through like where I'll drink a bunch of them, and then I won't drink for a while, and then like I'll have a bunch again. Mm-hmm. I think, I think it is the like the um, the random herbs and whatnot that it's making, it's making me do the you know that noise you know that noise you well, trying I'm to figure aware it out you're making it right now what is what is what's that <laughs> um, now yeah, that half of you have unsubscribed uh, <laughs> let's get into <laughs> Wonder Woman <laughs> so this is a first for us we are we're trying something new with this episode uh, obviously we're not in the same room as we usually are. But we also, we saw this movie separately, and we didn't compare notes beforehand. I kind of wanted to see 
what would come out in conversation rather than try to to template it out. You want to do like uh, dueling topics? We could do dueling, dueling topics. That was hard to say for some reason. Um, let's start off with impressions, though. Okay. I liked this movie. I also enjoyed it. The bar was low. Very. We discussed in. that on the uh, superhero episode, right? Yeah. Um, and <laughs> as soon as it's it's really funny because prior to seeing it, you had shared a tweet. Um, what was it? It's so good. It's practically a Marvel movie. No, is that... so good. It's technically a Marvel. It's technically movie. a Marvel movie. And <laughs> yeah, that was a funnier die. They do the one line fake reviews. That's great. I I, uh, I love. I that. really enjoy those. And I was <laughs> I was thinking about that as the movie started. And when the movie starts, not no spoiler here. The uh, the intro, the DC intro, is now basically the Marvel intro. Yep, it's just yep. it's like the it's like the still like parallaxed animated characters. Yep. And then it like zooms out and it becomes the DC logo. Yep, it's like it's like it's kind of settled into like a kind of a mockery of what Marvel's been doing for the last like five years in their intros. Mm-hmm. Since like the Avengers have been fully on like the uh, the forefront. Um, it's funny that you mentioned that, which I, obviously I, I was gonna bring it up because I loved it so much that I had to share it with you. But uh, I definitely want to get into the idea um, or a conversation about this and what it may or may not be stealing from other marvel movies oh yeah (laughs) but we can do that later absolutely um we should still stick with just like impressions and non-spoiler stuff for now i think um yeah i really liked it um i said my first impression when i came out and i was talking to dominic on like the way out is um definitely better than like the worst of the marvel movies but not as good as the best of them oh yeah i think that's fair If if you stuck it on the marvel scale it would sit right in the middle somewhere, I think. Yeah. Like, if you, like, here's the thing. If it was, if this is the first one in the set, like, I could, like, it's like a, it would be a great start. Great jumping off point, yeah. But, but it's The promise is the fourth one. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's, that is the, that's the challenge there. Like, it's taking them a little while, obviously, a long while to get used to it. However, that's also saying that is giving a little bit too much credit because this could very well be the, the only high, good one. The high watermark, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's um, it, it's kind of what we discussed in our superhero episode, right? Whereas this was, for us, kind of the threshold, right? Whereas if they couldn't get it right with this one, you kind of start to lose any hope of there ever being a good one. Right. Like, why should I continue to be invested in this thing mm-hmm. um, if, you, if you guys just can't do it flat out? Um, and I thought they handled this with competence all around. I thought the actors and actresses were good. I thought the direction was good. I thought... The action was good. There was some clever lines. Pacing was interesting. It was probably a little bit too long, but uh, it never dragged, really. No, I didn't think so. It, uh, it sagged a little bit in the middle, but, I mean, outside I, of a spare scene here and there. Yeah. I wouldn't say that the pacing was... It was It was strange, the pacing. It wasn't yeah. necessarily long or short in certain areas. It was just like a... It was a weird curve <laughs> going on. Yeah, well, I think I, I think a little bit to, that was by design, because you kind of get a little bit of uh, that... Yeah, you know, the, the montage thing, and you get into like the the heart of the action pretty quickly, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Even though there's like a big time jump with her growing up. Yeah. Um, but then you get kind of like a nice jolt of adrenaline, and they was gonna they were gonna slow down a bit and like make you want more, right? Right. So um, I think that, and then from there the pace was relatively predictable, I think, and good, you know, mm-hmm. ascending on the curve the way you expect to, like right. the way any action movie is going to. Yeah. I- it, it was interesting. So, like, 
Here's the thing. Like, I am concerned, though, because, like, like I said, I had to want to... I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was really good. Um, but I don't want... Like, they, one, they can't get comfortable. No. And two, like, the next movie, unfortunately, needs to be better than this. Yeah. Because they well, need to, they need to bring it up. Every time you do something like this, you want to build, right? You don't want to yeah. stay the same or backtrack. I mean... It's tough to tell so many different people involved with these projects and you know, different directors and writers, even if some of them will dabble, even if you have like your high level, like Jeff Johns or whoever who's in charge is like is going to be involved in whatever way. But it is still a whole host of different people doing all these different projects. Right. Right. So it's tough to tell. I mean, like, so the director we were talking a little bit before we went on air right here, right? Like it was Patty Jenkins, right? I think yeah. is her name. Um we were talking about she's uh, got a kills it though. By the way, what? like she kills it. Yeah, no, it, like she. This is a good movie. It's, it's a good, fan, like the direction movie. is she awesome. A good job. Yeah, but she's pretty light on her resume, um, which I get has been more of like with the thing Marvel's been doing lately and doing really well and really surprisingly well. Um, but you can still see the Zack Snyder influence in like the fight scenes, the stop motion. Like, well, fight I mean, scenes. yeah, his name's on the movie, and they also have to keep it in the tone. Yeah. Of the rest of them, and he has set like this semi, in my opinion, annoyingly dark tone. Like, it's is it dark or is it weird? I don't get it a hundred percent. Well, I think you see some of her influence on that, right? Because she did find much more levity in this movie than there mm-hmm. were in the other two. Absolutely. So that's definitely a, a like a, a showing you where someone's pulling the reins away from Snyder, right? Yeah, and um, I think that was super important. I think that's part of the problem. I think that he was he's too tied to the other films. And yes. if we have if she's the first example of taking it away and kind of making it more about these characters. Yeah. And I think uh, you could see that like cuz I never had this thought watching the other two movies, but there was a handful of times while I was watching this one that I thought this scene must have been fun to shoot. Right. They looked like they were having fun. Yeah, they gen- genuinely looked like they were having a good time in a lot of this, especially like the like the plucky comic scenes. Like yes, like when they're in the city and they're trying to get her like clothing. Like hilarious. They look like they're having fun. She looks like she's having fun being a ditz. You know what yeah. I mean? They, it seems almost as if they reshot a bunch of those scenes. Like obviously shot them a bunch of times like in a row trying to get it, and they were probably still laughing at a previous yeah thing that had happened. Like they the had to definitely that... let her do some improv, right? Or yeah. like um, the. Uh, the one who plays his secretary. Oh my uh, God. She was so funny. Edda. Like she yeah. was funny. I wish actually she had a few more lines because you could like, she played off well with both of them. I think Lucy Davis. Yeah. Yeah. I meant to look and see who she, who she is. Cause I'm there not, is a, it's a, such she a looks silly, familiar. Oh, yeah. Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Such oh, a silly looked, line. Um, it was in the trailers, but like the, which is like, she occasionally has like, um, uh, been in like, like a like a set of like whatever she said like fisticuffs and she like she poses like in a fighting stance for a yes, second yes. and like I had seen that a million times before in the trailer but when it, it still got me like I was taking a sip of soda when she did it and it's like a little bit almost came out of my nose like it's just like, <laughs> it's just like it's such a great like physical comedy yeah, yeah. That no, little... that, 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 it was good um, yeah I, I'm sorry you know I, I knew she looked familiar but I couldn't. Um, because she looks a lot different than the last time I saw her. She was in um, Shaun of the Dead. She was Diane. She was one of the friends. Right. Interesting. I have to rewatch those movies. I remember, I, I remember seen, liking them, but not like loving them like a like I feel like I should. <laughs> I love Shaun of the Dead, and I love Hot Fuzz. I've seen both of them a bunch. 
Charlotte Dead's always on like you know like Saturday morning or early afternoon on like Comedy Central. So like right. I've, I've seen that movie fifty times or parts yeah. of it times. Yeah, they're they're on the uh, they're on the wall of movies I own for sure. The wall of movies that uh, that I can see behind you right That's now. Right, it's my backdrop. Um, can't tell what any of them are, but nah, it's fine. Um, <laughs> so a a little bit uh, starting just from the beginning of this movie, no no spoilers yet. Um, the movie. I liked how they bookended the beginning and end of the movie with the modern scene. Yes, that was cool. I didn't, and I, I didn't know what they were getting at at first. Spoiler. Where is it? I didn't realize like what they were going to be doing at first. Yeah, I like that. How this was kind of like. This is just a story she's telling, you know what I mean? Yeah. I thought that was kind of a cool way to deliver this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's from, it's like the, it, this is not, it's the first couple minutes of the movie. She's looking at the picture that is a reference to the picture that we see in the Batman v Superman movie. Yeah. Of her standing there, Chris Pine, and the rest of the ragtag team, um, which we'll get to because they make a chunk of this movie. Oh, yeah. No, they were fun. Um. And yeah, you're totally right. It's a total recap of like it's her. It's her telling the story, like as she's looking at the picture or reminiscing about the story. And it's a really yeah. cool. It's a really cool little thing that pulls you back to it at the end of the movie, like letting you know, like like all this happened a really long ass time ago. You know, yeah, like, I was don't, curious like, don't to see forget. how they were going to tie it. I was curious to see how they were going to tie it in, and I think this was a good way to do it because. It was something actually me and my, my brother discussed on the way out that we like he was like, Oh, but it's like weird, like it's not tied into what they're doing like with Justice League right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was by design because if you think about the way that like the uh, the schedule was for, like when this movie was made and how they were jumping off into Justice League, I think they probably didn't hundred percent know where Justice League was gonna go, right? Right. So having this as be like a standalone slice and like she's just tangentially evolved like we don't see batman but she writes him an email right like Mm -hmm. that was i think a smart way to do this without committing to anything from what's going on with justice league probably fair right and it also explains how we can get the standalone movie with like because you expect like aquaman is gonna tie in heavily with with what's going on with justice league right because it's going on at the same time and this is going on 90 years ago right right um, there's a couple of things that I want to touch on right there that are spoilery. So before we get right into them, I just want to say, it, go see this movie. It's a, it's fun. It's a good time. And I think it's, uh, it's, it's DC heading, heading in the right direction. And hopefully they hopefully. continue to do so. Hopefully heading in the right, right direction. Hopefully it's not yeah, just a one-off. I give it my seal of approval as well. Right. Um, that being said, I want to jump right back into, um, the, like the fact that this, like how this ties into the other movies that are going to be coming it sets the groundwork that like the gods are real. Yeah. Which is important to make the Aquaman story work. Yeah, definitely. And that was actually one of the notes that I put down too. So I was glad that you, um, you, uh, thought that was similarly important that, um, they really embraced that mythology, even if they played with it and massaged it a bit or whatever. And, but the, they're actually leaning into the whole like mythology and gods mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, I think, that that would give them an opportunity to have a differentiation from the Marvel movies. Right. Because I remember thinking two, the first two thirds of this movie are basically a ripoff of the first Captain America movie. Yeah. That's a hundred percent. And the final third is 
embracing its similarities to the Thor movies, not ripping them off in any way, but it's a similar idea, right, where there's gods walking among us, but what where it, it, it succeeded in the first two Thor movies failed is that it said, fuck yeah, we have gods, that's what gods look like when they fight. Right. So I think that that far outstripped anything that the Thor movies have done with on the cosmic scale, right? Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of cool, like, leaning into this tit- actual Titanic fight with just, just going to throw everything in sight, blow up everything in sight, we're just going to move, like, oh my god, like, you, how is that even possible? Of affecting everything around the matter and material in ways that, you know, mortals can't. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. What I thought was cool was how she's discovering that she has these abilities over time. Like, the first hint you get of it is when she's fighting with her aunt, and she clasps her wrists together, and it, like, it sends out that burst, right? And yeah. she knows something happened. Everybody knows something happened. She's Seems like the only person in the room that doesn't know why. <laughs> yeah, which is unfortunate. <laughs> well, it's tough to it's tough to tell because the way it was going, I thought that we were going to get more of a like all of them were kind of semi immortal. Maybe not as right, immortal. Right, as I didn't she think is. it. Was, yeah, I I agree. I was expected to see how many of them died on the beach. Right. Um, and it's tough to tell. It's like exactly like I guess it's kind. Kind of like a Elves of Rivendell type of situation because clearly they all—I mean—they played fast and loose with timelines, but they all lived unnaturally long lives, right? Mm-hmm. But none At least of that's them, what I got from it, <laughs> right? Well, when you consider that—that that, um, she looks the same at the end of this movie as she does during the Justice League time period, right? And that's a hundred years, so. Clearly that and, and and her mother and her aunt were all were still the same pretty much right right um, I, I guess they do live like unnaturally long lives but I was surprised they didn't have more physical resistance to pain because several of them died on single gunshots right I was a little curious I was a little confused about that the uh, the aging I didn't really get how long it was supposed to be from the point where I'm not I, it it also probably wasn't important. I think they did it on purpose. Like, it doesn't matter, but it's probably been a long time. Yeah, like, because she, she aged from being a child to a teen to an adult in a series of, like, these small training moments that they show. But nobody else aged at all. So Yeah, like, yeah her mother and her aunt, who... I cannot pronounce Robin Wright's character name. Was it Antiope? 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 Hippolyta was. I was, was just going to let, let you keep going. Um, yeah, we do that thing, right? Where I <laughs> struggle through a name and you just sit there and. <laughs> I'll take a sip of my beer. <laughs> um, yeah, do they you didn't... need a, a ref because I'm not throwing you on? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like they, they. Neither of them seem to be touched by like the marks of time, but she's grown from a girl to a woman. So clearly. Time has passed, but is it, is it been twenty years, right. fifty years, a hundred years, a thousand years? Like how long has it been? Right, confusing. Yeah. Um. Mini Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman as a child. Yes. Adorable. Yes, child funny. actress. That was great. <laughs> basically, basically, Baby Groot. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that, also, yes, her standing up on the thing fighting was great. That and then when she like jumped off the cliff, I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> Where- <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> this is going to be a short movie. <laughs> <laughs> I 
They did it again. The scenes from the trailers are not in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so back to like her training and all that stuff. I didn't I didn't realize how long like the um, the beginning like the first act of this movie was going to be. How I mean, how long would you do you think it was? Because I remember at first I thought. Oh, this seems like it's gonna take a long time, but then I felt like by the end of it, I didn't think it took that long. Well, it, I think that's because they they ended up pacing the the middle portion of it better than than other movies, maybe. But what I expected, so like the formula for these movies has been, or like something like Spider Man, or when you're being introduced to a, a character for the first time, like it's. This is the character. Here's a short thing about how they are, how they are. And if this is a, a character that's coming into modern times, here's a whole like hour long segment of like the goofy nonsense of them coming up to speed. And yeah, they skip they skip through that much faster. Yeah, and I, I think I appreciated it. Like they did it, mm-hmm. they like they picked their moments, they made some really funny jokes, and then they moved on with the story, which was great. Well, yeah, I, I think they also realized that at this point with if you're going to have the question of the oversaturation of the movie, like the superhero movies, you can't spend an hour and a half on an origin story anymore. Mm-hmm. Like the way Spider-Man, like the, the original, like kicking off, like what these big movies have been, like the first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire, like it takes about an hour and a half to become actual Spider-Man. Right. And that's still a really good movie, but like, I don't think you can make that movie now the way the landscape sits. Mm. I think you're going to have people sleep through it, which is like, I never saw the movie, but the what I what I'd heard about the complaints of the new Fantastic Four movie was it sounds like that was what they did. Mm, they they just tried to do it again type thing, right? Like that they just like I heard that they didn't get into any real serious stuff until like after like an hour and a half, and it's like a two and a half hour movie. Like you can't do that. Like they didn't in, in like you know introduce what's his name Ben Grimm until like the end, like more than halfway through the movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can do that anymore. I don't think you have that luxury i think people are like okay yep i know this character i didn't used to be a big comic book person but it's just the zeitgeist has caught up to me i know who wonder woman is tell me about her being a god child show me her fighting and then right. get her killing germans like yeah so uh like the i what happened though like was while i was watching it i was expecting that first portion to kind of breeze by like i like it that just like that's the norm right but it didn't, and then when I realized that it wasn't blowing by, I was like, "Oh, cool! I could sit, I could like settle in and get invested in this portion of the story." Yeah, and I was very happy with that. And thinking back on it now, it kind of reminds me of like the first Iron Man. Yeah, like that's that's where that pacing comes from. I feel mm-hmm. like it's that, and like not to say like not. I mean, you can only pay, you can pace things only so many ways. Like I'm not saying they stole it from that, but like that that formula worked, and I feel no, like yeah, I agree. I feel like that's like it, it played off really well here. Yeah, no, I, I liked what they did. And they also, you know, you got not just the, the three distinct acts weren't just what was the events going on, right? It was locationally, right? Mm-hmm. The first act is her on Themyscira and leaving on the ship. The second act is her arriving in London, the culture shock, seeing this new world, heading to the front. And then the final act is her enduring the horrors of war right right so it was and it, you know on the front in france belgium germany whatever right well actually i guess they never made it to germany it was just france and belgium i guess but yeah 
very very I, I was happy with the way that they did it um i, I want to get into the the second act um and the comedy okay because there, there's a lot of laughs in this movie yeah the, and Especially like in the first the first two-thirds of the movie yeah for sure get before it gets super serious yeah um for like i feel like it starts off with like the the jokes when they're when the when chris pine uh is on the boat with her like and they're what's his name steven steve yes steve steve trevor steve trevor yeah when when they're on the boat together and they're sailing to london and like the like he sets her up a bed and then he goes and sits off to the side and like they're like bickering kind of back and forth about like she's like why aren't you sleeping next to me and he's like trying to politely say that it's rude and like <laughs> it's like, fine 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 you want me to sleep with you i'll sleep with you <laughs> <laughs> which is great like i mean that is like pretty much a nod to it right like oh yeah this dude has to be encouraged to sleep with gal gadot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's so funny but then uh the well they get they finally get there and they're uh they meet she meets uh the secretary Etta. Yeah. And uh, he puts he puts the glasses on her. And she goes, glasses? <laughs> really? You can put glasses on her and suddenly she's not the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. Yes, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. No, she but, had a couple of great one-off lines, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is, uh, I wouldn't call this armor. It's fashion, you know, uh. It's to help uh, keep your tummy in. Yeah. Well, why would you need to keep your tummy in? Said by a woman who doesn't have a tummy that needs to be kept in. <laughs> <laughs> or when she's she's like standing up in front of the mirrors with like these like these crazy outfits on and trying to kick, and like like she's like lifting like the the front Shredding of the skirts up and stuff, and she Etta goes up to her and she's like pushing it down. She's like, no 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 no. <laughs> and she just oh my god, they're looking out with her with the sword. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you have to put the sword down. Please, please, for the love of God, put the sword down. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the the chuckle. I got it. There was an audible laugh when uh, she was trying to get through the the revolving door, and she's like, "Hang on, let me try it myself." And she's like looking at it, and she's like stepping forward, back and forward, back and forth, and she jumps through the revolving door. She leaps through. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. That's what, that, and that's what I like. I love that like kind of like goofy physical comedy. Yeah, and I, like, you know, when you talk about, like, that, it was kind of a good progression uh, into what I was thinking of um, when you kind of picked out. I didn't really look up. I knew, like, obviously I knew about the, the, the leads, and I knew about um, Connie Nielsen and Robin Wright being in this, but there was a couple other people who played pretty important roles in the movie who I didn't realize were in the movie. Mm. Um, so when they go to the bar and they're assembling their little ragtag team, uh, and they show the t- the guy. Oh, at least that guy can fight. And uh, no, yeah. the other guy getting his <laughs> yeah, ass <nope>. beat, <laughs> which was good. You know, you kind of predictable, but you know, it was worth a chuckle. And then yeah. the guy, they show him sit up, and he looks at you. And I was like, Oh, is that Jackie Earl Haley? Well, no, it's not Jackie Earl Haley. It's your, it's you and Bremer. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my own personal chuckle. Where I was yeah. like, Nope, I was absolutely wrong. That's that other guy. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you think about his character? Um, underused. Yeah. Or oddly used, I'd say. I, I mean, I understood what they did. It was kind of... It's starting, I guess, with World War One that we... That was around the time when we started to understand the, the idea of, like, PTSD, although mm. we didn't really understand it. They just electrocuted them and said, feel better. Right. Um, like, that was a real treatment for people who were suffering PTSD back then. 
Um, but that was the first time that they really started to identify that as being a thing because that was one of the most horrific conflicts in the history of life itself. Um, so I get why they did that as a character arc, and I actually thought that it was an interesting look, but it felt, like, oddly handled. Like, like the pacing, like, kind of, the, like, the internal pacing to that storyline was odd for me because hmm. he didn't shoot anyone until, like, the final scene of the movie. And, like, they kept talking about how big of a sniper he was, and, like, I get why you go to the bell tower and he can't take the shot. And I thought that was interesting, compelling stuff. Yeah. Right, because he talked tough the whole time. You see the nightmares, you can kind of see where that's going to go. Um, and he can't pull the trigger. And actually, I think, in a, in a, despite the fact that this movie took a lot of, ta- uh, like, risks, uh, if it was a braver movie, someone would have died in that scene because he couldn't take the shot. Um, um, yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe. But um, but I, I, not that I really had a problem with that. It was just, and I like I, I I liked that scene and what they did there, and kind of the fact that Samir explains to her the idea of everyone's own personal battle. I actually thought it was good for like the growth of the character and the progression of the movie. I liked all that. It's just that you see him scouting like down the scope several times in the next hour of the movie, and he doesn't actually shoot anyone still, mm-hmm. which I it's just like so he just kind of was there a lot. Right. I. I- I don't know. I, I uh, thinking about like the the three add on characters, like these, like the the group of wrecked eggs, right? It's char, it's what is it? It's Charlie, Chief, yep. and Samir. Yep. yep. Right. So there's these. They're like these beautiful little vignettes, like because they each have their own little full story in a couple of scenes. Yeah. Which I think is very interesting. Like the like you already touched on it, the PTSD thing. Like the the one scene where he's passed out in front of the fire and he's like having a nightmare and he's yep. he's like yelling us for someone like not to go in there or whatever like that whole like that scene is powerful yeah and it's like it's dark and like he he turns really quickly and he's like he's very mean to yeah. to, to uh diana and um it's but the everybody the others know like they they get him like they're yeah. they're a family and they understand where he's coming from and it's like you can see like you believe that he's been through some stuff not only because of the way that he's acting, but also the way, like, how sorry the others feel. Yeah. Like, when that happens. And then you have um, Samir, like, it's really funny. It's kind of, um, <laughs> so he, his little story is that he loves to be an actor, right? But that scene where he says that is yeah. such good acting. Like, it's it's yeah. so good. Like, it's it's, he's acting about being an actor as an actor, and it's awesome. And it's like this short little... Like, one-liner that I thought was, like, again, super powerful. And then yeah. the scene with the chief where he he refuses, like, his last, it's two scenes. It's one, it's the conversation around the fire where it's, like, whose side are you on? And then he's, like, they already took everything from me. I'm basically just making money here, like, kind of thing. And, like, it was that scene in itself, but then there's like the the humanity part of it, where like they're trying to give him stuff after they save that town, and he's refusing it. He's like, no, 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 like it's too much. Like, but they don't. Yeah. But the whole p- the purpose of that scene being like the people that he had this conversation with aren't around. This is who he genuinely is. He's yeah, like, he's like, no, like like I don't like don't give this to me. And I, I thought again, I, the only word that comes to mind is powerful. Like those those three little snippets were super powerful scenes and I thought they were really handled well. Yeah. I guess I guess my thought was I really liked where they were going with Charlie and I thought that there was a weighty side story to do there mm. for that character. 
And I felt like it kind of, like, fizzled out after a certain point. But and do you it, think that they it was, can It had such more? a strong opening, like what you said with him at the campfire, and such a tense moment with him not being able to take the shot that she just says, like, oh, like, it was nice to see you sing, and, like, that's the end of the story. Yeah. Like it didn't. I didn't feel like the closing was as strong as the opening and middle part of that story. Well, this is this is kind of one of those things where I feel like if this was a book, right? They would probably have a couple of chapters dedicated to each individual person, where they were they would go into those backstories a bit, and people like that. I personally like the movie version of that, where I get to fill in the gaps myself, and that's how I felt about these three stories. I guess ultimately, for because I agree with you on the other two that it was a quick little thing and it was nice and. It, like you said, it humanized them. I, I guess I expected him to have a chance to take the shot to redeem himself. Mm. But I don't so think there was anything for him to redeem. Well, not j- just the whole idea of that he's not broken anymore. You know what I mean? Because that's what they basically show you, because he, he is fighting at the end. It's just like he didn't get a signature mo- moment to show the growth. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because the other guys got their moment. Um, the, the the chief has the thing where he helps them, and you see him like he he's human. That, like you said, like it was humanizing because like he's like, oh, no one's on my side. But after the end of the conflict, he's standing amongst these German soldiers, and he hugs one of them. That was a great scene. <laughs> so you know what I mean? Like, yeah. The the idea of that there no longer needs to be a side, right? Like yeah. that is a bookend to that story. And Samir got to do his acting bit to get them into this impossible situation to get Which into. Which was fantastic. Right? <laughs> yeah. That was that, awesome. So that's the point is, those were smaller stories, and they got smaller closures to the ending. I, I, see, felt I like see what you're saying. Charlie's story felt bigger to me, and it didn't have a strong ending the way those two did. Right. It or, was not, it's not like this broke the movie for me. It's just like I felt like it was yeah. like a small broken note. That's fair. I can see that. I also think that he doesn't get he, he has like there's there's notes of him being happy, but he maybe he doesn't get the happy ending. Well, I mean that's fine too. Um, you that's know, an it awkward, could have even been him going off in a, of words. What <laughs> an awkward choice of words. It could have been <laughs> 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 moving past that. It could have been him going out in a blaze of glory. I just felt like he needed some. Mm. Something strong to close his story out is 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 what it was, and I just didn't feel like they gave that to me in whatever form they were going for. Yeah, because I, I guess really, the person who got the close to his story is is Steve, right? Because um, his obviously his backstory we get more of, and his uh, they were all chasing some sort of redemption, right? They all talked about the horrors of war. Not that they necessarily felt that they did anything that needed to be redeemed, but that they all felt dirty from their their struggles in this war for for several years and um and steve gets that moment with the plane right mm-hmm. which was strong and i like that they came back where like she's realizing that she heard it because yeah like, oh they make it sound like she doesn't hear it but really what it is is that she just can't process it right and that she finally understands the choice he made that was really strong and that was not that it had to be on that same level, but that actually kind of, I guess, stole what I would have imagined Charlie's redemption could have been, right? If he's too broken to keep going on, that he'll give himself up to make sure it's right for someone else. Right. I actually think that 
it would have been a better closure to that story, even though I liked it for Steve, too, because he yeah, kind it, of... Yeah, it totally works for Steve. Yes, but I think it would have worked just as well for Charlie, and it would have been that compelling, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I guess the trade-off would be, if you did that, you get you lose out for Steve. He doesn't get a redemption. Like, it's possible. Redemption, I, I, but... I mean, there could have been a, another way to do it for him. I don't know Right. what it would have There's been. There's a... There's a scene, um, and like speaking of like the little portions, like the little bits that make each character like, like so unique and like tell such a great story. The scene when he's on, when he's flying the plane, he's like flying it basically straight up, which I don't know how it did install. Um, is that aside? Um, he's going through this moment where he like you know he pulls the gun and he's aiming it back. There's but he realizes like in that moment like his his every emotion goes over his face and it is some phenomenal like (laughs) phenomenal facial acting yeah it's great like he's he's aiming the gun and you see like he's scared and then there's that little smile there's just the subtle the subtle smile and like like how the fuck did i get here smile right and then the the almost laugh like wait like as soon as i pull this trigger like it's over it's like we're all okay like or everybody's okay like we win and then like Come on! Like the rally, <laughs> and then pulled, like and then like the explosion in the, in the in the sky, and like it's just such a it, it's all there's no words, it's just all in like this tight camera on his face, and it just it's done so well. Yeah, no, I I, I like that scene too. That was a that was powerful, and and I thought the way that she that was the first time we saw her with any sort of strong emotion like that. You know, I mean, we saw energy and passion from her earlier in the movie but like that was where she cut loose completely mm-hmm. uh, i thought i thought that was a good job by both of them in that sense that it's, it's supposed to be raw and emotional and they both hit the nail on the head i think yeah for sure um so <laughs> we talked about all the supporting characters yes let's get into a little uh heavier characters we got to talk about let, let's go with the main woman herself okay And in case you were wondering, that is how you say her name. Gal Gadot. <laughs> Don't we... listen to us in our awkward conversation about it in the superhero movies. That's how you pronounce the name. <laughs> and that is brought to you by, uh, what is it, Man of Steel Answers on YouTube. We found this little video earlier trying to figure out how to pronounce her name. Um, yeah, both of us separately over the course of this week which uh, is great. decided to figure out how to pronounce her name for this video. Or this 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 uh this podcast and uh, both of us stumbled on that exact video. <laughs> yeah. No, there's the first thing with with her playing this character. Um, how you know this? How you know this actress nailed it? Is that I could not possibly imagine somebody else playing the character. Yeah, it does feel like her now. Right. You're yeah. gonna see her like. Great on you to be typecasted as Wonder Woman, <laughs> because yeah, yeah. like well, you totally are now. Like be. that. If you're gonna be someone, be Wonder Woman, right? Like, and like, just it just executed so well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she. I think she took agency in becoming the character in a way that Henry Cavill and and Ben Affleck haven't done yet. Mm-hmm. Right, where and part of it is because we've seen a couple of Supermans in the past, and we've seen quite a few Batmans in the past. That 
goes into part of it. But uh, Linda Carter is famous for being Wonder Woman as well, though. So, um, no, I think she really sank into the role. And, um, yeah, I, I like her as Wonder Woman. I, I, she's my favorite of the three of them so far, by far. Oh, yeah. I would wholeheartedly agree with that. And me being a huge Batman fan and a Ben Affleck fan, I'm still saying that. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's going to change. Because you also... No. Like, there's there's so much tied to this performance. Like, it is... First off, like, as we mentioned, she killed it. Second, we, we said she, there's nobody else that could play it like her. Or you can't... At least right now, you can't feel that way. Yeah, no, I don't think that I don't think it would be easy for any other actress to come in and be that Wonder Woman. Like they, not that anyone couldn't be Wonder Woman, but right. be that representation. No, they of can't. No, they, and they right. And then there's the third portion of this, the third piece, which is if this is the point, like if the DC movies make it now, this was the point where it turned around. Yes, and, and I think they it, need to recognize that, and that's something we talked about when we talked about Batman vs Superman. Yeah, um, we needed more of her in that movie to make it a better movie. And I think this movie proves that that point, right? Right. And I think, I think, yeah, you're, you're always going to remember, or at least if you're really thinking about like where it was before and where it is now, like Gal Gadot and Patty Jenkins turned this around. Definitely. And I really hope that that's the case. I can't wait yeah. to see the next movie and hope that the next movie is super influenced by this one. I really want that to be the case. Yeah. I, I really want to like these movies so bad. I know you do. <laughs> I, I don't want to dislike them. Right. I just find myself in a place where I can't not dislike them, with the exception of this one now. Right. Um, yeah, and kind of circling back to what we were talking about with the direction and the Snyder influence, you know, obviously, uh, how many people have seen the news or not, and it's obviously really sad it's awful. that the idea with Zack Snyder's um, daughter having um, unfortunately committed suicide. Um, he stepped away from... from the Justice League in the final month or two of, of them doing reshoots and finalizing, right? And uh, they had Joss Whedon step in because yeah. he's going to do Batgirl. Yeah, the article that I read, though, buried that lead, and it just started off with Joss Whedon taking over. And I was like, oh, awesome. And then I yeah, read further on, and I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Why that's did not do the this? right way to write that article. No, not at all. That was really insensitive. <laughs> yeah, no, that's... um. That is a it's bad like joke. I, read, I, I get to the last paragraph. Great. Now I'm the jerk. <laughs> yeah. No. That's. Uh, it's not you. It's whoever wrote that. That's yeah. that is not the way to do that. No. Ugh. So I'd be curious to see. Um, does this mean Whedon completely takes over, or does it become a committee approach? I don't know. Um, I, I mean, obviously he takes over. I, it's probably a committee approach. I just think that it means that there's, I imagine, just less direct influence from Schneider. Well, because I'm curious, because then even though there are some similarities with the way they've set it up between this and the Marvel Universe, where uh, Kevin Feige and, and Marvel is the overseer of all of it, and Jeff Johns is the guy who's in charge of all the DC stuff, but it seems like it was kind of a two-in-the-box where it was him and Zack Snyder together were, like, guiding this whole thing. Right. Because, like, Snyder is got, like, a writing and story credit on Wonder Woman. Like, oh, yeah. He's got his, his hands on that movie. Um, in a way that no one in the Marvel universe had as a second voice behind Kevin Feige, Feige you know what I mean? Like, right. So I'm curious, does that mean that they shift to just Johns is the only guy who's tied together all of it? Does does Whedon step in and, and replace Snyder as that guy? Or 
do they let someone like Patty Jenkins do it? I, I don't know. Right. Or is it, is it just each of them comes together and kind of like a roundtable approach? Okay, this is where we're going forward, and then whoever's movie it is, that person's in charge at that time. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm very interested to see where they go with it all, for sure. Um, that was that is really sad though. But it's yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, is there, uh, while we were still on uh, on Gal Gadot, is there anything specifically you want to talk about with her before we go to a different actor? Or actress? Oh yeah, let's. Uh, so obviously, like the like that she's like she's such a child in the first two thirds of the movie. Yeah, and like she's like full of like you know like justice and all things good, and we need to stop the evil stuff and like. In that last, in that third act, she's like slowly broken down by these horrible, horrible things that are happening, um, and like that, like again with like the facial expression acting when she kills um, Ludendorff, yeah, and nothing stops, and it's like her world breaks, like yeah, everything inside her breaks, like she's just like this, everything just like comes tumbling down, and then which was really cool because I liked what they did there. Because I didn't expect them to go where they went next. Oh, it's funny because I had it tagged from the second that David Thewlis came on screen. I, I didn't. I knew. The second she walked in the room and he stumbles, I was like... Because we've already seen Ludendorff and was it Marrow or Moreau? What was the name um, of the... Maru. Maru. Dr. Maru. Yeah. The, we saw a few scenes with them doing their general fuckery um trying to ruin the world um but so i was like okay like i didn't think it seemed like a red herring that it would be ludendorff as aries so i was actually wondering whether it might be maru as aries the puppet master right but the second they showed uh david thulis was he sir patrick yeah his character sir patrick uh the second he came on i was like it's fucking him i know it's him that this is what's going to end up being, and the reason I, the reason I was able to get that is I was a, I've, I know I've told you in the past I'm a big Robert Ludlum fan. Mm-hmm. I've read a million of his books, and that's how all of his stories go. There's always someone who is on the good side. Most of his stuff was Cold War and World War Two. World War One's not that far off from that. There's always someone on the Allied side who seems kind of a paragon of he's just trying to do the right thing. Right. It, that's always the bad guy. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I feel like if I was paying attention, like, more or thinking logically, I might be... I'm not saying that I would have. I might be able to have picked that out. However, what I'm going into this with is all bets are off with these movies right now. Nothing needs to make sense because nothing ever really did. Yeah. This movie works, front like, start to finish. There is a whole story there that works. But the other movies didn't. So, like, I didn't expect this to happen. I actually thought... And I thought they did it well, and I'm and it was when like the war doesn't stop when she kills this guy. I was like, oh okay, so they're not going that route, and like it like um, Steve is correct. Like it's it's people are it's like the inherently bad kind kind of thing, <laughs> right? Yeah. And like they're the reason behind like all of this, and you're like, ah oh, crap, like that sucks. And then then she has this big you know all out fight with Lupin, and. Uh, <laughs> It's funny, that was what I put in my notes, too. Okay. Really? Lupin, is that you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, magic wands and everything. Like, yeah. that... 
So, speaking of that fight, um, did they blow their budget before that fight? <laughs> so now the whole Thor thing is coming back to you. <laughs> yeah. That, so I actually, I have that written down. It's like, it, <laughs> it's really stupid. It says Wonder Woman versus, versus Lupin. No more money, question mark. <laughs> Well, why do you say that? So I thought this, I mean, and it, obviously I know movies are not like, they're not shot chronologically. I don't know how they're edited, if they're edited, well, visually effects edited, if they're edited chronologically. But it seems as if from the first like two thirds of the movie, the special effects work and then they quickly deteriorate in the last fight scene. Then I usually don't care about something like that. What I do care is about the inconsistency. So there was, it's funny because that was one of the things I did. I, I usually try and just get an idea of what the public is thinking about these types of movies. And we're going to see them when the, we're going to go see like these big ones. Mm-hmm. Just to have an idea of what to look for. And that was the thing I saw was that they, it got a little like hazy with some of the uh, the CGI. The <laughs> It's funny you've mentioned inconsistencies because I do think there is a, a consistency. Not within the movie, but within the DC yeah. There was sim- similar, just flat out weirdness with the execution on big CGI films, mm-hmm. where it's just too, it's just too cartoony. Yeah, I think I don't even think that there was necessarily quote unquote a problem with the CGI at the end of the thing. I just think that's what happens when the entire screen is CGI. Everything's going to look surreal, right? Yeah, but- because they they've bought into we're just going to set everything on fire. Yeah, like, but the thing how is many like, scenes have we seen in these few movies where everything is just on fire? Right, in the DC movies specifically, mm-hmm. there's every single surface is on fire. Like that, that's never going to look natural. <laughs> is that not how the world is? <laughs> um, yeah, that's not how the world is. Like if you have a human being walk through an entire a screen where eighty seven percent of it is set on fire, it's going to look weird. Yeah, but like when in the, the beginning of the movie, weird. though, like the when they're on their island, like a, a big chunk of that is CG. It just looks fine. Like, it's okay. I don't have a problem with it. And then, like, towards, like, some of the other battle scenes, like, all of the, all of the war combat, like, with the, the shooting and especially the, um, up until the jump, the bell tower scene, like, all of that stuff looks great. Yeah, they but, executed that all well. But then there's, like, the one scene that pulls you out of it. Like, well, the shield thing was reality. cool, but it pulls you out of it because it's, it's totally, the whole thing is fake. It's because they grounded it in reality. You can yeah. have practical sets with fake stuff that you move around on it, and you can have representations of real things. Like, oh, that looks like a truck. We can make a truck that's relatively realistic. You can't make literal hellfire. Right. Like, it's hard to make actual hellfire with a human being walking through it. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, and like she, she's fighting Lupin, and he's... Well, <laughs> you just gonna keep calling him Lupin? Yeah, I've I, at this point completely forgotten what his name is. Don't don't tell me what. Aries, uh, Lupin. Um, he's <laughs> so he's, but he's, he's, he's fully CG at one point. Like when she's fighting him, she, except like, for his two awkward eyes and a little bit of cheeks. Yeah, it's real weird. But he like she like punches him in the face and then throws him. And I'm like, that looked bad. <laughs> like I was yeah. just like, I was like, oh, that was horrible. I was like, if this was a cartoon, great. Awesome. Looks fantastic, but it's not. <laughs> that's not what you're yeah. going for. Well, that's what I'm saying. It gets cartoony with these. Yeah. It's the same thing when they fight in the end of Batman vs. Superman when they're fighting the Doomsday. Uh, it just looks like it's all cartoon. Yeah. 
Did you ever see the Super Mario Brothers movie? Unfortunately. Um, did Doomsday resemble a Goomba way too closely? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's great that you bring that. I need to. That could be one of our like terrible movies that we watch because oh, I don't yeah. remember the movie well. I unfortunately remember that movie almost line for line. <laughs> no, I don't. I've seen it all the way through once when I was like four or five. Um, and I remember like that was the one video game we had when I was a little kid. Like we had like a like an NES. My parents had Duck Hunt and Mario Brothers. So I was like, oh, a movie about Mario Brothers. Right. And I remember watching it and being a little kid and kind of liking parts of it. Kind of being really weirded out by some of the slimy shit that was going on. Yeah. Um, but there was a couple Daisy. of Daisy! <laughs> what? Daisy! <laughs> a couple of years ago, um, we were doing, a like, meteorite GBR, like, struck the earth. <laughs> yeah, see, I, like, this isn't resonating with me. <laughs> but I kind of line. forgot that movie existed. So we were doing trivia, uh, like, at the, the Newburgh Brewery a couple of weeks, or not a couple weeks, a couple of years ago. And they asked a question about the movie. Like, who were the stars of the movie? Like, who played Mario and Luigi? And mm-hmm. everyone at the table was like, they made a Mario Brothers movie? Stop. And I was like, I was like yeah, they did. And guess what? I know who play, who's in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's fucking Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo. <laughs> a fat, not Italian guy and a little Mexican guy. And they played Italian Brothers. <laughs> Are you, is he is John Linguizamo Mexican? I think so. Is he? I I may have taken liberties there, but I, I think he is Mexican. I did, I wasn't trying to be flippant or dismissive. Colombian. Is he? I, I, I actually thought he was Mexican. I don't know, I don't know why. No, I think he's Colombian. Are you sure? Now I feel bad because I. Oh, yeah, he's straight up. up from Colombia. Is he? Yeah, I actually thought he, I didn't think he was from Mexico. I just thought he was, like, Mexican I actually descent. thought he was Mexican. Yeah, that's fine. Well, you learn something every day. Yeah. That adds context to him being in uh, clear and present danger, because they go to Colombia. This movie. is the clear and present danger. Oh, he said <laughs> it. <laughs> Although he was playing in, a, uh, like, an American Navy SEAL. The only uh, reason I knew, I, I thought that he was Colombian, I... I I'm pretty sure he mentions it in his stand-ups. If you haven't seen them, they're really, they're I, really I haven't funny. seen many stand-ups. They're, they're just like great, great storytelling. Like, and he plays all of the characters of the people in his life, and it's awesome. <laughs> but either way, a random white guy and a gentleman of Hispanic descent right. playing Ita- Italian plumber, plumber brothers, yeah, didn't really work for me. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, the story of Super Mario is not actually there. So I don't well, think fair. you could be too upset. <laughs> but they were still playing Mario, Mario, and Luigi Mario. Yep. <laughs> yep. His name was Luigi Mario. I forgot about that. Oh, man. <laughs> That's awesome. And Dennis Hopper was the King Koopa. Dennis Hopper was great. That weird-ass scene where he puts his hands in the goo. We'll talk about this movie another time. I don't even know how we got on this tangent. <laughs> With, Things had, you didn't expect to hear in the Wonder Woman podcast. The Super Mario oh, Brothers movie. I just movie. It back. Okay, so it was because the Doomsday looked like a Goomba. Yes. Got it. <laughs> Where were we going before that? Bad effects. That was the top five weirdest tangent we've had so far. Jesus. That was rough. <laughs> we were talking about weird action CGI shit. We were right. talking about 
you you brought up that he looked like a Goomba, which mm. brought me into my weird story about the Mario Brothers movie. Right. Um, but you were going somewhere with the fact that it was just like the fact that the giant monster looks like trash. Yeah. Was that, all of was it that looks it? like trash. When they do the big scenes. And they seem to really like those scenes in these movies. Yeah. And they don't look good. If they if they looked good, I wouldn't have a problem with them loving yeah, it. Yeah, that's the thing. Like if uh, In Batman v Superman, like the scene where Batman's just beating everybody up, great scene. Yeah. Great the action scene, scene. She's kicking ass in like a room full of people. Looked really good. Great scene. <laughs> Then you bring in Lupin, and you bring in the Goomba, and it just, everything starts falling apart. Side note, I would love to see that movie. <laughs> just all the, my universes the late great Dennis Hopper and David Thewlis fighting uh, Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot. You got it. You got it right. Oh, man. Uh did you want to touch on anything else with Gal Gadot? With 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 Gal Gadot? Yeah. No, but I I would like to go into um, the fact that um, I kind of forgot Robin Wright was in this. Until, I was like, sad to see Claire Underwood go. Well, that was the yeah. I mean she <laughs> I mean she went out in a blaze of glory, so it was cool. But it's yeah. funny because I just like yesterday started watching the new season of House of Cards. Uh, yeah. And she's so great. She as is so diabolical. Everybody in that show is pure evil. <laughs> I know. And she's such a stone-cold bitch in that show. Yeah. And, like, she wasn't that in this. I mean, she's still, like, a hard-ass and a badass, but, like, Mm -hmm. to see her play with, like, just a little bit of heart was just, like, such a drastic change from what I was watching, like, 12 hours earlier. Right. Yeah. I I liked her in that. uh, I I thought that her and Connie Nielsen had an interesting, like, interplay is, like, the sisters that don't quite see eye-to-eye on... uh, on how to raise her or whatever. Plus, they let her do some badass... I mean, I'm sure she wasn't doing the whole scenes, but they let her do some badass fight scenes, kick some ass. Yeah. Oh, that scene, though, like... On the beach, when she gets shot, and, uh... Diana's running to her, and Steve is following, like... like like hopping on her trail, and like there's the guy off to like he he knocks somebody out, and there's a guy off to his left, and he just like straight up shoots him in the face without looking. <laughs> oh, so dismissive! Like no look, just yeah. He just he literally flips the gun backwards and just blows him it's away like, without yeah, looking. Bang! I was like, oh my, <laughs> this is intense. Uh, that was um that was disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> what do I even do you the decency of sighting down the barrel when I blow you Not away? Now, German. <laughs> 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 yeah, I liked her. I, I wish I was surprised how quickly they got rid of her because I, I liked her in this. I thought we were gonna get more. I didn't realize that none of the Amazons were gonna come with her. Yeah, and I don't know if we'll see them again. She, I mean, obviously, kind of some heavy-handed foreshadowing when uh, Diana's leaving and she says, "You may never see this place again." Right. Um, which I think probably gets reaffirmed by the fact that she slept through a tugboat finding them. Like, does she know how to get home? Right. Right. I I, I honestly asking, I, I don't think she does, considering she had never left the confines of that before. Yeah. I don't think anybody knows how to get back there. It's the only place you you come to by accident. <laughs> and and the only other person who knows where it is was Steve, and he's dead. Oh, Steve. You didn't make it. Pour one out for Steve Trevor. Seriously. A real American British hero. Steve and Claire. What? Claire Underwood. Uh, the Princess Bride. Yes. Um, that one went over my head at first. Sorry. The Princess Bride one. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, 
was going to say something. I was very you disappointed. Say awesome Danny what? Houston is as a villain, as always? Say again? So were you going to say how awesome Danny Houston is as a villain, as always? He's a creepy guy. He does that role so well. Creep show? You know what? You know what was? You know what scene was diabolical that I was like made me super uncomfortable when he throws the gas mask into yeah. the kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> that's the scene. <laughs> I was like, oh, you're evil. <laughs> like that's I mean, it was clear like, before, but now such a dark scene, and that was like a good laugh where he throws it in and he slams the door shut, and she goes, "You know that's not going to help," and he goes, "You know I know," and they both start laughing. <laughs> yeah, but they don't know that. Ha ha ha, everybody in the room's gonna die. That's not something you laugh about. I know, yeah, like that was um that was weird. And like that he plays that role. He plays a bad guy and especially like an over the top bad guy so well, even though like some of it was pretty cheesy. I, I kinda love it when it's him. Right. Cause like you get a little bit more straightforward, serious villain, like with him in X Men Origins. Um but if you you don't watch American Horror Story, do you? No, I tried. Uh, one, Couldn't get into one, it. One of the seasons he plays a literal axe murderer, hmm. except he's an axe murderer who was like murdered and then brought back from the dead, or is like his ghost was haunting them or something. And he's just so ridiculous, but it's it's like perfect and hysterical because he's like just murdering the shit out of everyone, but also just having a great time. Right. <laughs> so creepy. He's a creepy dude. Yeah, but I love it. And I wonder if... Sometimes when you see like guys like that who is like... They play really weird characters like that often. You're like, how is that dude in real life? Is he weird? Is he an axe murderer in real life? Maybe he's the nicest guy in the world. Mm-hmm. Now I want to know. Right. <laughs> like, could you imagine like you run into him like... You're in New York City and you, know, you walk into Starbucks and like he buys you your coffee and it's, like holds the door for you on the way out. And it's like, oh, that dude's really nice. But he also plays the weirdest people ever in the yeah. <laughs> That's unfortunate. He's like going through this like serious internal struggle. Everybody's <laughs> like, afraid so now of he's two faced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh so here's a here's an interesting one. An interesting point to touch on. Um really cool how they did the whole like the sword in the back of her dress at the uh, at the party at the end of the movie. Yeah. Like making it look like it's a decorative piece of the dress. Two, yes, two, two big problems with that. One, it won't work. <laughs> um, because, obviously, like that's not going to... It doesn't work. Just take a look at it. It doesn't work. Two, what did she do with the woman that owned that dress? <laughs> oh, I don't think that matters. <laughs> <laughs> Is she dead? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, no, that, it's funny because when that was happening, like she's like you could clearly see... I actually chuckled. Yeah. Um, you can clearly see she's standing next to her and literally, literally measuring herself up yeah. to see if she's going to fit in that dress. And she oh, goes, no, I thought she was trying to mimic her, the way her stance. That's no, how, she that's was... That's what I took out of it. She, I mean, I think a little bit, but I think part of it was she was literally saying, oh, yeah, we're about the same height. I can wear that dress. And she goes, well, what are you doing? And then you don't see her again. And I'm like, yeah. there's a dark version of this story where, like, She's like hanging from a tree or something. Like, <laughs> like I think she probably just clocked her upside the head and she's unconscious for a couple of hours. Which, if you watch Archer, you know that's not good for you. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> there's, uh, there's like this alternate deleted scene or something where like Samir was that his name? Yeah, he's walking through with um 
what was like the Scottish guy's name? Charlie. So, yeah, him and Charlie are walking through the woods, and they see like this woman who's like skinned alive, like down, oh my God. down on the floor. And it's like, but for them, it's just like, oh God, that's awful. For us, it's like, it's so much worse. <laughs> it's so much worse. <laughs> well, to go back to your point about the dress too, like if if the sword was being used as like a clasp, when she pulled the sword out of the dress to murder him. Mm. What would have happened to the dress? No, it wasn't actually being used as a clasp. It was being used to look like it was. Well, but there was tension along the sword. No, no okay. The See, here's the thing. Where here's the part where you're looking too far into this. If that sword was in the back, was on her back in the dress, it would have cut through her butt, <laughs> <laughs> or it would well, be no. poking out of the back of the dress. <laughs> if it wasn't secured, then it would have just fallen out of the dress. Is the point I'm making? It had I to see. be physically secured. I see. It looked like the, the material was wrapped around the sword. So I'm imagining when she draws the sword, her dress is going to fall off in the middle of that fucking party. <laughs> right. Lucky for you. That's not Or unlucky. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's, the whole thing doesn't work. It yeah. looks cool. It's a great idea. It doesn't work if you think about it. It just unravels and falls apart. Literally and metaphorically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my goodness. Do you have any any uh, other closing thoughts? On 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 um anything. Dresses. Life <laughs> the universe. Are are we done? I thought we still had more to talk about. Do you have more to talk about? Yeah. I, we hit my so, we hit my big notes. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, we I'm happy talk- to go through yours. We didn't talk about um well, we didn't talk about Lupin or Chris Pine all that much. I didn't know if there was any more you wanted to talk about with them or not. Um, Lupin caught me by surprise. That was the only thing. Uh, Chris Pine. Did you think he did? Did you think he was? He played a little bit different character. I, I haven't watched this season of Fargo, but I know he's in that pretty heavily. I think mm-hmm. he's playing like a completely different character. He, uh, the only thing I've really seen him in before this though was like. Harry Potter as Lupin and um, like Red Two, and he wasn't really like those characters in any way. Mm-hmm. We saw both of them as like a like kind of like a meek, like statesman, and then an asshole guy who wants to murder everyone. I thought that was a little bit um, a little different range for him than what he normally plays. Um, I would say like he's his character is necessary to the storyline. I yeah. didn't think that there was much for him to do with the character. I guess that's probably true. I, I mean, really, the, his strongest scene is when he reveals himself yeah. as Ares. Yeah. And I liked him in that scene because he Do you played... mean the scene where Gal Gadot has the uh, Nico Montoya scene where she says that she's the daughter of so-and-so? And well, right after that him. scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, that scene where he first shows herself... Shows himself I'm sorry, as... wait, hang on. Do you think Robin Wright was like, hey, you know what you should do during this scene? <laughs> I was in this movie once. That's funny. (laughs) We got a Carrie Always cameo in this, or uh, whatever happened to Carrie Always? Oh my god, what if he was there? (laughs) (laughs) Or he sees he sees the two of them flying. He's one of the soldiers, and he like blurts it out in German. (laughs) That would be amazing. (laughs) But yeah, I, I thought he was good in that scene, like where I thought he chewed it up a bit, like where he's. 
revealing his kindly Britishness is just a facade for his dominating menace, like where, oh God, I'm going to kill everyone just because I can, just because I get my rocks off to that. Like, like that's just kind of my thing. Yeah. Um, and we didn't talk about Chris Pine at all either. Wait, like, it, the back the, to Lupin, his last scenes, like where he's fighting, I, I did, I had another problem with that. It was all of his lines were highly redundant. I felt like, like he was constantly saying like, the same thing about like killing everyone or killing something. Like, it just it not there was nothing memorable memorable about his lines. Like it was. Well, just, it, was his, it was his come to the dark side moments. Like I guess I can understand them. Yeah, but it was come to the dark side. Hey, 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 <laughs> come to the hey. <laughs> well, over just, and over. For again. me, it was more that like he didn't like that David Thewlis was no longer really there Loop. because they just modulated his voice a lot. Mm-hmm. So it could have been anyone giving those lines at that point. Right. But yeah, I mean, I guess that that was a little bit odd. I didn't really, I mean, all these guys kind of end up boiling down to saying the same thing at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting an echo. What? I was getting an echo. I'm going to back off the microphone a little bit. Well, you were, you were getting pretty close. This is no, close not too close. All right. Um, <laughs> you want to talk about Chris Pine a bit? Yeah, well, because... I know there's become like this thing where like he's kind of really fallen out of favor in recent years, it seems like. Hmm. And I don't really know why. Not that I've gone out to see the latest Chris Pine movie um, all that often. But uh, I, except for today. <laughs> no, except for today, but it, it's not it's not the Chris Pine movie, it's the Gal Gadot Gal Gadot movie. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> but I, I thought he did a pretty good job in this. Um, and I never really understood where this kind of weird hatred for him has developed recently. Is there a hatred for him? Maybe it's a general disdain. Is there a general disdain for him? <laughs> yeah. Where's that coming from? I don't know. People. What people? <laughs> you know, those people. Why do you feel so negatively about Chris Pine? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a problem with him. That's why I'm confused. I'm not getting this. I'm not getting this read that people dislike him. I don't know. I've seen like different stories in the recent years where it's like, just people kind of been generally down on him. I feel like, and I was like. I don't know. Like he's, he's fine. Like I'd say, he's slightly above average as an actor. I don't know. Yeah, I thought he's, they let him do some stuff in this movie, and I thought he performed well. I thought, yeah, I thought he did really well in this movie. I guess maybe, I don't know. Like prior to this, he played the same character a bunch, or it felt like maybe that's why. I don't know. I mean, he played Kirk. Yeah, that's not really like other characters. But then he played like. He's played like arrogant. He's always like a, a semi-arrogant military-esque person. In this one, he didn't have the arrogance. I felt like, or he did, but it was not. It was not as strong as like that was like the commanding quality of his character. I think that he played like a real person probably yeah. for the first time in a while. Maybe that's maybe that's what it is. Right? Maybe you, you don't that. like robots. You got a problem with robots? Yeah. <laughs> Well, he kind of played like the Wedding Crashers, like Broken Man, right? Like, uh, yeah. Um, and he had to find that. No, I, I, I liked him in this. I, I, thought, I, he... I thought he was great in this. I and I, like I said, that scene at the end with the the face acting. Yeah, <laughs> it was fantastic, and I feel like that says a lot. And even slightly before that, where you can see the other guys aren't getting it, but he's, it's dawned on him what needs to be done. 
we see it just a second before the rest of them can process what it is that he knows one of them needs to give up. Because you see Charlie chase after him and tries to grab him. And he, yeah. you know, he's, he's yelling, like, no, like, don't, because he realizes it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I thought even just that, that subtle process of him putting two and two together and realizing the math comes up that one of them needs to go. Right. And that it was going to be him. Yeah, I mean the the foreshadowing was there. Like he was he was ready to do what he had to do from the very beginning. And this is where, I, actually, I guess to a certain extent, he was kind of talking the talk for a lot of the movie. Right. I mean, we get that flashback of him actually escaping. You know, that was a badass, you know, old school spy shit there, right? Where yeah. he steals the book, he walks out. That, that was badass. Hit. That scene where he's dropping the bombs out of the plane. That was cool. yeah, yeah. That was a great that, scene. You know what that scene reminded me a lot of is um, like a Brosnan Bond movie. Like yeah. that was Goldeneye, beginning Definitely. of Goldeneye, mm-hmm. where he like just runs out. He's <laughs> like no one figured out what's going on. He grabs a plane. Like that was like pure Brosnan Bond right there. Yeah. Oh, for sure. No, that, that's that's great. That is exactly what that was. I didn't even think about that. That was like when when he's flying away. I was like. How come they didn't follow him with any of those planes? Uh. <laughs> well, it's funny because I, I had that thought like 30 seconds earlier where he's flying away. And I was like, oh, nice. And then he turns around. I was like, why are you going back? There's not really great guns on that thing. And then he lights up the whole light of planes. I was like, okay. I see what you You know did what? That's there. why you're the spy and I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> you're closing up the plot hole with a bunch yeah. of little holes. <laughs> I see what you did there. That was a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> and then he dropped the bomb on that whole room. Which more people should have died. <laughs> in hindsight, true. wasn't the also, doctor still in there? <laughs> was yeah. I feel like I feel like Maru and Ludendorff probably should have both died in she that was scene. Creepy. We didn't talk about her at all. Yeah, she was weird. She was creepy. The face thing was weird. Like you knew it was hiding a burn. Yeah, but it was weird. It was like all very unnecessary. Why didn't you just go full Phantom of the Opera and just have a whole solid <laughs> on that half of the face? Why did it have like articulated pieces that moved with her mouth? I maybe it looks creepier. Yeah, maybe, maybe. If, I, if the porcelain moves. I I, I guess so. I, I don't hey, know. Toilet face. <laughs> um, it's funny because I was character. like trying to figure out who she was, and I realized like. Actually, I didn't really spend much time trying to figure out who she was. I looked up real quick, and she was in Van Helsing. And I didn't look any farther than that. She was one of, like, do you remember Van Helsing? Vaguely. That was a while back, wasn't it? Mm, Yeah, like 2004, 2005. Yeah, it's a while. Yeah. It's one of those movies that's, like, on FX a lot, so, like, I've seen it a few times. Sure. Um, And she was, like, one of, like, Dracula's brides, I think. Okay. If you remember that, that that was a thing? No. I don't remember nearly enough of that movie to begin to relate. Probably, possibly underrated movie. I remember I, I remember watching it and liking it. Yeah. But then never seeing it again. <laughs> it's, been, it's, it's been on TV, like, a lot of times. Yeah. Hmm. What's her name? Oh, Elena I- Anaya? Is that it? Did I find the right person? Yes, Elena Anaya. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I guess the only other thing on that list that I recognize her is Van Helsing. Strange. Oh, really? You don't remember the memory of water? <laughs> um, no, seriously though, like I don't get like I, I, her character made the gas and was like this henchman. It seemed like there might be more in the writing for what they wanted to do with her than they did. Like there was just Yeah, it did seem like maybe they gave she's she's the bad guy version of the her. Scottish act of the Scottish character. <laughs> they gave her a lot of a lot of significance early on and yeah i guess you're right it didn't really she ultimately just ends up being a plot device at the end for yeah her choice very strange that was something that like also was, clearly gonna be a villain in a future movie right she ran away I guess right possible. she'll be fine well but it's been a hundred years she's probably dead yeah but are they gonna do are they ever gonna do a movie in between do you think i don't think so because they said that um I think Aquaman actually takes place after Justice League. It does, yeah. So, I don't know when else they... Unless, like... They don't seem to give a crap about timeline, though. No, no, they don't. I'm wondering if maybe... I mean, I guess maybe since she's a doctor, could she show up in a flashback in, like, Cyborg with maybe the doctor that makes him? Oh, I don't know. I guess we'll have to stick around to find out. I did. This did just remind me, though, of something that I did want to discuss, um, at least briefly, um... And I, I, I was kind of getting there, and I think we got off topic, and I forgot about it. Um, the 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 Diana that we see in Justice League, or well, not Justice League, pre Justice League, Batman vs Superman, um, seems to be pretty cynical. And I thought that was a really interesting. Like, obviously, mm. you know, she's gonna get there eventually, right? right. And it's kind of a tale as old as time. Like, oh, war ruins innocence, whatever. Like, that's like a, a fundamental concept of a lot of like media right yeah and um, i um but I, I still found myself like wondering w- like what that was going to look like especially when you see in the first 20 minutes of the movie how effusive and energetic and like like naive she is i actually thought that they did that in a pretty powerful way that transformation on screen right the um not just okay it's the horrors of war but it didn't really seem to get her there. Like she saw people dying, and she's and as they're leaving the, as they're getting into the trenches and fighting their way across the no man's land, and then you, she sees how the the town has been ravaged. But it it really takes until they fire off the chemical weapons. That's like what breaks her down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually thought that even it was it was even more that than her moment when she thinks that she's defeated Ares, only to realize that she was the wrong person um where like you were saying earlier like her conveying that sense of like her world breaking around her but i i really i actually didn't even think that that was the 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 big piece for her i think it was the the scene in the town when she's walking among the gas right i thought that was pretty powerful the just the idea of like she had seen innocents have been killed by this war like that was one of the selling points why he like he why, why he convinced her to come but to actually watch I, maybe it was. I guess it was the personal element because those were the same people that they were with the night before, when she started to understand what it was like to be human. Right? They, right. They're at the cafe. They see them celebrating what little freedom they finally have. You know, and, you know spending the the night with with Steve and this and that. I, th- I guess it was that human connection point that I think that's what really did it. Mm-hmm. 
what did you did did you have like did you think about that at all? Like we were watching yeah. that yeah. was something I was anticipating throughout the film. Like how do we get to that point? Because like how do we get yeah? Because she's really cold when she first meets Bruce Wayne, right? Right. Yeah, I was thinking because I'm sorry, I'm thinking about this as you're going through it. So like you're right. Like I'm thinking about it now. Like if you were to ask me before you went through that, I would have been like, yeah, like the scene where like that the the scene that stood out to me was the one where like you said where she defeats Ludendorff Ludendorff. Yeah, and nothing happens. But thinking back, that that happens right before that. Like she, like she's like she's broken down and and then broken down again. Like yeah. that gives her the drive to run over there and kick his ass like right this second. Yeah, and then when it doesn't work, it's like all of this sucks. Yeah, <laughs> and like, yeah. that's like that's like cynical. Wonder Woman is born. It's interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. I want to see how that plays out, like as like if that's something that sticks with the character, because that's that you're right. That's the character that we get the first time we see her in Batman v Superman. Yeah, is the very cold, cynical, yeah, analytical, and I guess it's a hundred years living amongst humans now, as opposed to what she had been doing before that. Right. But and honestly, a hundred years with humans will do that to you. Well, true. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, yeah, I'm 29 I, I, I think... and I feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, and actually, even just now, like I'm, 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 as I'm trying to replay kind of the way that scene went, also, uh, it's I think it's twofold, right? Where it's it's watching that that first human connection point get extinguished, and it's also that's when she first starts to question Steve too, because mm-hmm. yeah. he reaffirms it later after again that second time, like you said, like the final straw, where. He says, "Maybe it's all of us. Maybe we all suck." That that was a rough one too. That, that, right? that was a powerful move. <laughs> but even before that is when she's the first time she starts to distrust him. Yeah. When they're when when they're arguing outside of the town, I don't even remember exactly what it was that. Oh, was, was he questioned that it was Ares himself, right? Well, which which thing are you asking? They argued outside the town when she leaves him in the dust and then he ends up jumping on the motorcycle well she's mad because he didn't let her kill him yes that, okay that, you're right that's what it was that yeah he said this is your fault we could have prevented all this right. if you let kill him. so I, like, I think it was those two things the fact that she, he was kind of her her like anchor right right okay like you've even though we've disagreed we've been through this whole thing like you haven't led me astray and that was the first time where she found a reason to distrust him hmm. very interesting yeah i i am i'm invested in this character i'm very yeah. curious to see where where they take her um anything else you want to touch on no i think that's good for me I'm glad I remembered that because that yeah, was something. Yeah, me too. That's a that's a that, that's a good one. Like, I'm like still thinking about it. I was like, that, that's one that's gonna sit with me for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish we got it got to it earlier in the episode. I'm I'm I don't remember what it was that distracted me from it because I kind of had it like ready to go. Yeah. But uh, I'm glad I, I remembered it before the end. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's it for this week's Flicks and a Six, brought to you by the Spintune. Uh, check out Spintune.com to catch a new episode every Monday and a new article every Thursday. If you want to keep the conversation going, uh, let us know what you thought about Wonder Woman. Reach us at the Spintune on Twitter and Facebook or email thespintune at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-S-P-I-N-C-H-O-O-N at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>